And so Amos is just like a hardware genius, right? And it's synchronistic serendipity, right? He, he started out just like, you know, he had this idea of this backup mesh network where you can have internet access when, you know, there was weather issues and he called it Nexus, right? And that's actually what started the whole mesh network aspect. We, we were just doing satellites before and then that brought in the whole mesh network. And, you know, I addressed that in my earlier speech about the RF saturation issues and how we have high directional gain to resolve some of that cell topology and stuff. So Amos has been a really pivotal part in like the guidance of the developing of this architecture and discussions and just being a good friend. So now I wanted to give you that introduction. Like welcome, welcome yeah, to the conference. Thank you. Amos, a very thank generous you introduction. Going. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, thanks, it's the truth. I love you. So yeah, yeah, I love you too, man. No, I and it's funny, I actually by that I had similar sort of intro in, in my uh, uh, my notes, which and I apologize, guys, I, I didn't have time to get uh, much of a presentation together. I might refer to some slides, but um, yeah, you know, Colin and I uh, met, like you said, 2017 Nexus was just breaking out and uh, I loved what he was doing. And, you know, we had, we traded a lot of great ideas. We had some really interesting rap sessions. And uh, then I, I soon, I quickly got consumed by my own startup, <clears throat> which is an ag tech startup working in. Uh, in the protein chain and I kind of dropped off grid, but we always kept in touch and I've always, you know, made sure to drop in on Nexus and, uh, you know, follow the progress. So very glad to be here, uh, humbled and, uh, you know, thank everybody for uh, tuning in and, and listening to what, what I've got to say. So like I said, I'm a CEO of FairPro, a company that deals with, uh, uh, digitizing the pork space, if you want to call it that, and formerly CEO and founder of EchoCast, which became Nexus. Um, and Nexus, I got my ring doorbell going on here. Uh, Nexus was designed to be a, my ne the Nexus that I worked on was designed to be a bimodal network. So it had two modes. It had, uh, it had an internet mode, which was point to multipoint. And then it had a failover mode, which became uh, a mesh network where neighbors would find best path and through network optimization protocols, uh, keep a network alive and running in case of a, you know, a natural disaster, let's say, or in some cases just network overload. So uh, it, was, it was great to hear Nexus wanting to get in on actual, you know, communications protocols. But what, what I'd like to talk about a little bit today is what lives at the end of, of those lines of communication, the nodes themselves. And there's really no more important node than a living thing, whether that's a human being or in the case of, you know, what I'm about to present an animal uh, that we are, that we are caring for we need to understand uh, because what we measure we improve so optimization of systems in which animals grow can can do things like decommodify the space uh, they can provide insight into how animals are treated from uh, birth till they leave the the system till they end up on the end of a fork somewhere and they can give consumers uh, greater power to choose what supply chain matches their preference set. 
So, uh, yeah, so how do we do that? Well, <clears throat> if you're talking about the internet, just the internet, like ARPANET into internet, you're really talking about end nodes that had tippity-tappity fingers at the end of them. It was just a portal into a communication space, right? So yes, you know, there was some, you know, there's automation, there's other things going on over the internet, but it really is just a way to, for a person to use a machine to communicate. Now, when we talk about the internet of things, it's not really that way. The internet of things is, is all about sensing and feedback and control, right? So it's about observations that we make, right? And there's no clearer uh, use case, or I think an easier fit for, for blockchain technologies, aggressively innovative blockchain technologies than in verifying sensor data and ver verifying data that has to do with, with these living things. So uh, for example, in, in the pork industry, uh, we, we place a high value on usable info, right? In, in animal agriculture in general. So you might have a lot of uh, data coming in, maybe data you can't really parse or understand, or maybe data you can't verify. And to fix that, we need to do a couple of things. We need to get uh, granular data that's close to the animal. So, you know, if you have, for instance, if you have a sensor that's somewhere in the room taking the temperature of a room, that's not very granular. If you have a sensor that's on the animal taking the temperature of the animal, well, now you're, you're cooking with gas and, you know, you can understand if the animal's healthy, uh, you can take the local ambient temperature, you can understand if it's uh, heat stressed, et cetera. You can start to pick up other biometrics that then you can use to make adjustments to the, you know, to the climate control system or, you know, even, you know, sort of policy management adjustments, things that really have an impact both on uh, productivity, but on animal welfare. In fact, productivity via animal welfare. So, um, so yeah, what, what's the state of the world in ag tech right now and pork tech? Well, we have, we have sense, you know, room sensors, we have controllers and, uh, controllers built by controller companies that are a centralized point of access to the animals and, uh, controller companies that actually are better at controlling their customers than the animals under their care. So, you know, everything's siloed. There's no API hooks. If there is, if they're generous enough to give you some insight into your own operation or data, it comes at a cost and it's not always available with a, another push. Um, and we need to decentralize that. So, you know, the first step in giving the customer and the producer him or herself insight into their own operation is to allow them to operate their own hardware and without the benefit or even, you know, the detriment in this case of negotiating through a controller company. So decentralization is very important. And I think technologies like what Nexus is doing, um, you know, the communication 
modes, uh, mesh networking, even internet access itself. And that's, that's a very important part of the, you know, the, the Nexus plan, the Nexus rollout is going to, is going to play a large part in serving these, I would call them under technologically underserved markets like the pork industry. So, <clears throat> you know, diving into that a little bit more. So we've say we've solved the animal access problem and we have granular access to these time, you know, cause every animal is a time varying independent system, right? You have to treat the problems it has. You have to observe the problems it has, treat the problems it has, uh, understand what's working, what's not on an individual basis. You can't treat an average, you know, if one animal's sick, you know, if an average of animals is sick, you can't treat an average problem. So, but once we get that granularity, uh, the next step is really reliability and access. So, you know, if we go, we go one step out, you know, you think about where cell companies are and, you know, my, my previous experiences, uh, network, I build a, a wireless network in uh, rural Iowa. In fact, I had skipped over my entire bio because Colin was so flattering. I just had to jump right on that. But uh, yeah, I, developed a wireless network, covered 400 square miles. If there's one thing I understand from that experience, it's that rural America is in desperate need of uh, information access. They still are. It's not, it's not like these problems have gone away. <clears throat> They're just better hidden, I think, by the providers that are purporting to give them access. So, uh, Nexus network access, uh, you know, I think Starlink is working in that space, but we're talking a decentralized internetwork that gives uh, underserved customers access is really prescriptive. It's needed, and not just in the in rural America, but everywhere. But specifically for customers that don't have choices. Uh, and certainly wherever there are barns, there are a few people, it's just by design. You know, you don't wanna live next to a barn and, and farmers would rather not bother their neighbors. So, you know, on the other hand, wherever there are low concentrations of people, there tend not to be cellular access services or internet services. So, a democratized, decentralized service like uh, like a Nexus internetwork is something that is very much needed in rural America. So we can get that data. Uh, we can we can get the data close to the animal. We can uh, I want to say manipulate. We can understand, analyze the data locally but we're always going to need to to bring that data back to you know some manager or back over the internet and interestingly i think nexus has uh, in its plan some solutions that will work on a lot of these different levels <clears throat> so you know principally uh, you know how, do, how are we getting how are we picking up data from the animal well in our case we use a very advanced nine axis accelerometer magnetometer 
in an ear tag. So it's, it's probably the, the most advanced ear tag in the world. Uh, we were actually approached by this, this company to field this technology in, ag in animal agriculture. And we jumped at it because it really will enable next level observation of animals. So, you know, what can we do with this? Well, um, if you have nine axes of understanding, you can solve for a lot of things like head movement and ear flopping. And you can really, you can really tease out of the signal what's going on with the animal. So in the case of, of uh, pigs, you know, they get respiratory diseases. They can, they start coughing. Uh, they lie down. Maybe they lay down more often than they than normal. Anyway, like every every animal has a certain normal behavior set. No different with pigs, but we can we can observe their behavior through a tiny ear tag as individuals. However, that comes at a, a cost to the power budget, and you know any any sensor needs to operate under an operating system. And some of the things that we've been looking at that Colin and Nexus are working on are very exciting because they, they seem to promise a lightweight OS, very skinny OS that works well with IoT. So, you know, now you're talking about a value proposition to the farmer that's several times greater because, you know, once you fix that tag, uh, really the battery life determines the usable life of the tag. So anything that we can do to uh, cut, cut power usage down is going to increase value prop. Uh, verifiable data. So some of the things that, you know, are concerning to us uh, are uh, data sets that might be incomplete or corrupted or, uh, you know, give the wrong result. Now, there are really two classes of need for verifiable data. One would be, in our case, uh, production value. So uh, scientific value, you know, min-maxing production, looking optimization, you know, how we can do things different to do things better for the animals and for the, the company. But the other side of that, <clears throat> I think is maybe more important, and that's verifiable data from the consumer standpoint. So. You know, when, you're ha when you have a, a data set come in, uh, let's say you say, say a stamp of approval or a, a certification on a piece of meat. I mean, that's all well and good, but it only really lasts, it's only really as powerful as your trust in that stamp is powerful. So, you know, if you have, let's say a USDA organic certification, well, if you trust the USDA's process of organic certification, you know, and you trust the certifier, uh, yeah, you'll be fine. But most customers don't have any knowledge of that and one stamp looks like another. However, uh, math uh, is, has solved a lot of that for us. So, you know, trustless certification. In our case, you know, you can expand those certifications from organic to things like, like humane um, and then wrap up in all of that, the data that has followed that animal from birth until they leave the system, until harvest, you can wrap up each touch point along the way, every data point, 
and you can rate that experience. You can rate that, uh, I say maybe animal experience. That doesn't really sound right, but you can, you can rank the treatment of that animal, you know, and if they've, if they've had a, uh, if they've been treated well, there are folks, myself included, who would pay more for that kind of animal and that kind of treatment. And then you get this virtuous cycle. So that's only really possible if you both unify data throughout the system. So you're allowed to collect data close to the animal, to the individual. And then you are able to verify that data uh, all the way to the consumer. And that's one of the things we're working on. And, and hopefully uh, some of the great things in the Nexus rollout are you know, going to be a part of that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, design requirements of what we call the unified production system. Some of the other things are, it, it needs to be fast, right? So uh, you need, you need to be able to make decisions uh, as the information comes in. So if I'm, if I'm a caretaker and I'm using, this is what we call our, our sentry tablet. It's got an RFID reader in the back. It's what we use for, well, it's kind of pedantic, but we call it uh, object-oriented task management, okay? So it's both medical charts for the animals and wherever they are or wherever there's a station that might have some task associated with it that needs done, there's an RFID tag. So you'd scan that RFID tag, you know, complete your task, et cetera. But, you know, if you are in the barn, and it's also a task management platform. So if you're in the barn and you have a problem presented to you as an employee, you know, you need to know, you need to have the ability to connect with some person or some service that can help you solve that problem. In our case, you know, we're working with a company that does AI uh, disease detection. Okay, well, you know, if you're using your, your telehealth and taking a video of, uh, of a problem, you need, you need fast, reliable access to your, uh, to your engine. So that, that's another thing that I, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, that Nexus would be able to, to help us with as being as part of, you know, probably an in-barn mesh network. Other potential uses. <clears throat> so this is a little inside baseball, but in animal production, it's sometimes it's a, like a big black hole, right? So the animals go in, the animals come out, and in between, no one really understands inventory counts. They don't really know where they are. I mean, it's always, you know, on a spreadsheet somewhere in a notebook, but getting that information is just very difficult and there's no standardization. So uh, documentation is just different from system to system. However, that has caused a lot of problems. So uh, if, you, if you're transporting animals, transporting piglets, right? So they leave one station and then they, one site, they get transported to another site. You wanna load them up into a truck 
hopefully, you know, nicely without disturbing them too much. And then, but then you have to count them as they're running on the truck and, and there could be 4,000 tiny squiggly little uh, writhing little crazy piglets and you've got to make sure that you've got the right count. Well, you never have the right count. So the number that you have loaded on is almost never the number that the receiver understands coming off. And one of the products that we're developing to to fix that uses machine vision and, uh, and, and counting, like automated counting system to verify the number of animals on and off. Okay, well, that's, that's terrific. And that solves a problem for the, trend, the shipper and the receiver. But we can take that a step further. So let's say, let's say you've got ear tags on the animals that understand their well-being and you've got a counting system that understands how many there are. Well, now you can unify that understanding from shipping origin point to destination. And when the receiver opens the back of the truck and the animals come off and maybe some are, you know, not doing well or, uh, you know, maybe even expired, it happens sometimes, unfortunately. Um, they can check the record. So they'll know if it was an issue at the shipper or the transporter. And right now that's, that's a really big uh, crack in the system because when that happens, the shipper usually, or the, the transporter usually points the finger at the producer and vice versa. And we can, we can verifiably know that now. And then we can address the problems in the transportation part that are, you know, causing the uh, animal, welfare, animal welfare issues. And that's becoming a bigger and bigger industry concern. So, you know, verifiable data, kind of, you know, encrypting and securing uh, this information at the node is going to be a way that we can unify this information all the way from the beginning to the end. And again, for that consumer at the end to understand that they're purchasing from a supply chain that agrees with their moral sensibility, let's say. Uh, you know, what's, what's really cool about this, <clears throat> so right now, you know, you go to the store, you wanna buy a box of cereal, you flip it over and you see all the nutrition information right there. I mean, you know, like how many carbs it has, like the vitamins, the ingredients. Try that with a package of meat. You're just gonna see a big white space, right? Even the traceable meat right now, you might have a QR code, you scan the QR code, you just get a picture of a family. Like, oh, hey, it's Ford Family Farms. Okay, this, there's no, that doesn't mean anything to me. <clears throat> what would mean something is an independent marker of quality and treatment that allows me to choose uh, to invest in processes and operations that agree with how I think meat should be raised. And personally, as a, as a member of the, the protein space, I think that, you know, the commodification of animals is unfortunate. It's something that's happened. I mean, pork's a commodity, but if you, if you think about other commodities like grain, you know what, you leave the grain in the field, 
a few extra days, whatever spoils, who cares? Like there's really no moral question. But when you commoditize uh, meat, there is a moral question, right? And we know from, you know, Econ 101, commodity, commodity sellers are price takers, right? So it becomes a, a race to the bottom trying to hammer out costs because you're just going to get whatever the market will give you. Well, you know, we're also fixing that problem, hopefully for the farmer as well. So we can reward better behavior, better methods. Uh, every stage of the chain would be reinvigorated by this. And eventually, you know, when you flip over your package of meat, you'll get some indication of quality or a QR code that you can scan that verifies that the contents of that package have been treated in a certain way and had certain inputs that you want to use as inputs, right? So, uh, yeah, I, that's, you know, all of these things are happening. It's, the future is around the corner. I mean, we're doing our best to participate. It's, it's hard when you get sidetracked with really cool projects like, uh, you know, Nexus to maintain focus in your, your own business, honestly. Um, I am right now, I should be fundraising and closing some really big sales and, um, you know, instead talking, talking with Nexus, just because it's, uh, it's fascinating. And, you know, like Colin said in the beginning, you know, I just love, uh, love the energy and just love the community and, you know, doing whatever we, I can do or we can do to, to push it forward. So, uh, oh, one last thing. So, Gosh, if I had extra time, I was going to talk about a moonshot idea. Yeah, go okay. for it, man. I mean, yeah, I'm okay. right after you, so I'm just doing quite Oh, you're right after me? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, so yeah, wireline mesh. I'm just going to throw that out there. Wireline That's mesh. That's a good one. Powerline mesh, dude. That's yes, okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, Colin. Uh, so yeah, take it away. Uh, yeah. I don't think Colin needs any introduction, um, but yeah, thanks for having <laughs> I mean, me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. The segue from from your your speech. This is really important. Is you know we're looking at building this decentralized world. I mean, we need our supply chains. Our food is the fundamental, and that's something that's already under attack right now with you know the falsified meats, like fake organic standards, like you know, pictures of people and all this pseudo stuff, right? And that's one thing that gives justification for regulation and governments to regulate us. So as we can create more things that self-regulate and self-regulate our food chains, self-regulate, you know, all these other aspects and empower farmers, I mean, that's that's the bedrock of America and farmers are, you know, they're, <laughs> it's very difficult to be a farmer in this day and age, right? So oh, yeah, this, you know, this technology that Amos is working on, don't underestimate it. It's really important because, you know, our food is our number one thing. And that's something that's been attacked since day one. You know, I mean, they put fluoride in the water, everything else like that. So it's really important for us to have our own sovereign, self-sufficient food supply chains where we set those standards, not a government, right? And we do that by having this transparent auditability. And, you know, we innovate around it. Like we were talking, you know, we see the issues in the world and it's just like, we'll innovate around it. We'll find solutions that, you know, make those null and voids that we don't have, you know, those potential regulations. And what we can do is we can debase their power because their power comes in justification, right? They can justify the regulation of meat because there's nefarious actors in it. But when you remove that, 
when you clear out and you deregulate the environment because you remove the justification for that regulation. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, really absolutely, cool. absolutely. And you know, really regulation is just a, a it's a, it's a game that, uh, you know, lawyers and, and, uh, lobbyists play very well and, you know, it never really results in the, the quite the thing that you think it would. So, you know, yeah, anytime it comes from the people, anytime it comes from, uh, you know, it's, it's more democratized or self-regulation, yep. you know, we're, we're already ahead of the game. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks Colin. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you.